gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the internet. Here in the basement of the Great Hall of Justice are the most powerful forces for good podcasting ever assembled. This is the DC Superpowers Podcast. This looks like a job for Superman. To the Batmobile. My name is John Jones. I am the Green Arrow. Hey, super friends. Welcome back to the DC Superpowers Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ken, and sitting along here with me in the basement of the Hall of Justice, my good buddy, Vern. Hello, everybody. We're here for issue 29 of the DC Superpowers Podcast, Vern. We're, we're climbing. We're almost that's, at number 30. That's right. This is for New Comic Book Week for November 2nd, 2016, um, and it's also Halloween weekend. So, Vernon, what have you, got, what have you been up to this weekend? Uh, not much besides school, but I have been uh, keeping up with all of my monsters and all the DC scary guys, which we'll be getting to soon. Oh, yeah. Well, it's cool because um, obviously they they timed it right and they did this on purpose, but the Night of the Monster Men and, and the Batman books just finished up right before Halloween, so we got all of our monsters in the first part of the year. And then you got Green Lanterns with all the trick-or-treating running around. Mm-hmm. And I think the Monster Men was probably my biggest uh, event for Halloween this year. Reading all those issues kept me pretty uh, spooked. Even bigger than the Dead Man issue you got? Mm, I would have to say yes. Uh, See, we've not talked about issue, that yet. You read, you read it, but I've not, I've not read that one. The new um, Dead Man mini. It's interesting. It says Dead Man. It's what you would think you would get from Dead Man, but um, some of the, his powers seem to be limited by a house that he's in, which is kind of weird. But yeah, he's still a ghost, and he can communicate with only one person that's in the house. Hmm. Pretty interesting. Yeah. So, um, but being that it's Halloween weekend, DC Comics actually got into the scary. Um, scariness also. So we have two lists here of what are supposed to be the scariest monsters or um, characters in all of DC Comics. Now, DC All Access, we have their list, but Vernon actually went through and took all kinds of time searching through the database here at the Hall of Justice, trying to find what he thought was the scariest characters in all of the DC multiverse. So we'll go through the DC All Access list and then compare it to our list and see what we cut, see how it works. Now, first up, uh, we'll start at number 10, for, and we'll do DC Comics first. According to All Access, number 10 is Edrigan the Demon. Now, this actually matches up with our list, too. Yes, it does. So he's, what uh, is it that makes him so scary? He's a demon, for one. Well, <laughs> he may talk in rhyme. But that's the least that you need to be worried about. This guy just images are sc- drawn scary. He um, speaks scary. <laughs> His voice is a very dark tone, and plus he can breathe fire. Ah, okay. Well, where did Edrigan come from to start? Well, I can look this up here in just a second. Where did Edrigan uh, actually think- come from originally? Do you know? What book? Or did he start in his own? Mm, I don't really know. I don't know that. I know that what his background is, but I don't know exactly what book he came from. Well, I say a lot of these other ones, I already know where they came from, where their stuff. This is one that I've seen him in. um, I've seen him in like Justice League and Young the cartoons and stuff, but I don't know very little about him in the actual um, books themselves. To be honest with you, I don't have too many books with him either. As um, I could add, and the way they've always shown him on the cartoons has been pretty gruesome. I think the first time I ever saw him was on the Batman animated series. So ah, Bond of a man named Jason Blood. Mm Hmm. Came from First appearance comedy. was, ah, okay, this is actually from one of the old horror comics. 
That would make sense. Um, his first appearance was in Demon Number no. One from 1972. 1972. So he's been around for a little while. Yes, he has. Of course, just like his uh, just like his uh, story goes, he's been a medieval since been he's been into the comics. I suppose been since medieval time. Oh yeah. So I wonder if Vandal Savage ever had a run in with each other. Oh, probably. Well, number nine, we actually have a um, a variance between ours and theirs. Their list at number nine, they have Doomsday. Now, it, most people at this point should know exactly who Doomsday is. He is basically Superman's biggest, baddest villain. At one point, he actually killed Superman. Mm-hmm. So, and he's... That's what got him ranked up on the scary list. If you can kill Superman, what hope do we have left? Exactly. So, that that's number nine for um, DC All Access's list. Number eight, they have Swamp Thing. And I remember they were saying on their list that the thing with Swamp Thing is you never know where he's going to come from. He can actually... Um, Morph into the plants, but then if you get on the wrong side of Swamp Thing, he can actually use those same plants to kill you. Yep, he can use those plants to take over a whole city if he wants to. So, um, number seven, they have Taraxis, which I had never heard of, but then I found out that's actually um, the final incarnation of the Killer Moth. Which I, Was he a Batman villain? Yes, he uh, was in Arkham Asylum, and he made a deal with the devil to actually become a Killer Moth by feasting upon the flesh of the civilians that live in Gotham. So I can see why they put him on that list. Okay. Well, number six, they have Killer Croc, which kind of makes sense if you know him from the comic books. Because Killer Croc, he eats people, he lives in the sewers, and he's a giant walking human crocodile. He's like the myths always said, but he's real. (laughs) Exactly. Now, some of these are crossovers, some aren't. So, um, But number five, we have The Trench from Aquaman. Now, I don't know these characters at all, so you're going to have to tell me about them. Uh, Picture a piranha with a human body but still scaly, and the power of Atlantean. So they basically just eat flesh once again for the humans, and the only ones that can really stop them, I guess, would be the Justice League. But that's more so Aquaman's problem and his villains. So okay. they're pretty scary because humans can't anything against <laughs> Yeah. Well, number four on the list from DC All Access was Parallax. This one I understand. He is the, um, the spirit of fear. He's basically um, the fear entity that was created and lives inside... Um, the Sinestro Corps battery. Yellow ring. He pi- basically helps power the rings, the yellow power rings. Exactly. And um, originally, the first time we ever see Parallax, he's um, what is it? Par- or um, possessing Hal Jordan, and Hal Jordan becomes Parallax and destroys the entire multiverse. So you can so, see why he's ranked up uh, on their top five. Exactly. Well, number three is not a surprise it's there. I'm surprised he's at number three, though. Number three. Yeah, most, go ahead. Most times this guy comes in at number one for years behind. Yeah. <laughs> years back, he was number one for a couple times. Well, this so. one matches up with our list because number three is the Joker. Now, this is one of the few on the list that doesn't have extra human powers. He's not um, super-powered in any way. He's not a demon. This guy, well, people could call him a demon, but he is a man. <laughs> totally homicidal crazy crazy he will do anything just for a laugh but he is the joker that's what makes him scary though you never you cannot predict the joker you can't trust him. no he, he could kill you or he could let you live <laughs> you never know depends and on also, what he I thinks think is going to be funnier he's also on here i think because there's so many people that are afraid of clowns too yeah well that's my halloween costume this year was a clown hunter <laughs> well there you I, go and you'll protect the protect the world from all those evil clowns that's right <laughs> Well, number two on their list is the Man Bat. Now, I don't see Man Bat above Joker, but I can see it being on the list. 
Yeah, because he is a actual monster in my opinion, where Joker is not. Um, after I never really saw him at too scary until I played the Arkham the Arkham Knight game, and he will pop out at you at random times when you're on the rooftop. You won't know he's coming. He just scares the crap out of you. <laughs> So that, that's cool. I could, that's why I put him um, on mine. He's this is access, but we'll get to mine a little bit. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So he terrorizes Gotham. Whatever Batman actually puts fear inside of people, he actually is a man bat. Um. So I guess if they ever ran into him, they would rather go back to the regular Batman than him because he will kill you. Yeah. Well, number one on DCL Access's list was Anton Arcane. Which I had told you earlier that um, I I know Arcane from the Swamp Thing movies from the 80s. Because I never really read Swamp Thing. But I knew who the character was as soon as they said it because of this. And he was also the villain, I believe, in the TV series. But who is Arcane in the comic books? Um, the same way you knew him. But instead, he made a deal with the devil at some point and became his own demon. Uh, he reminds me of Black Hand. He can control dead bodies, anything dead, actually. Plants, fungi, anything around him that has already died. And he's a seven. Is he seven foot? No, he's a twelve foot tall, two hundred and fifty, two hundred. No, two ton demon. Okay. So when he comes at you, only Swamp Thing can probably take him down. Yeah. His height, his weight, and the way he looks already is scary. Then when you find out he can uh, get dead bodies from the ground, yeah, you don't want to run to him on a dark night. Well, yeah. Well, you know, there's dead bodies all over in the swamp too. Yes, it is. So, and then you have our list. It's a little bit different, not a whole lot. Um, number 10 was still Etrigan the Demon. Number mm-hmm. 9 is one that I'm surprised they did not put on this list. And I, this was one of my contributions to the list was Atrocitus and the Red Lantern Corps in general. These yeah. guys are basically, they run on blood and anger. <laughs> Every yeah, panel you them, see them in, they're spewing blood. Right. And that's what I was uh, telling Ken before we started recording. I was saying it's not so much that these characters are actually scary, but from reading and uh, looking at the page of the comics, you'll get a little terrified just how the art is drawn. Exactly. And that goes perfect with what happens with Atrocitus and the Green Lan- or not Green Lantern, Red Lantern Corps. So, um, number eight, you put up Scarecrow, which is Batman's Obviously. Doctor of Fear. <laughs> uh, number seven, we've already gone over the ba- the Man Bat. Number six, Dead Man, DC now, Comics Resident good- Ghost. Yes, he's a good guy, but if anybody would run into him and find out what his powers actually are, they'll probably run out with their head tucked between their legs. <laughs> he He's a ghost. You can't really get any more scarier than a ghost. That's right. Um, and that, and he's a ghost that'll possess you without your knowledge. If I remember right, he, he just grabs a hold of people. He doesn't have to actually have their permission, does he? No, he doesn't need any permission. You can't, he can't communicate with anybody unless he actually is in somebody to talk to someone else and let them know what the heck's going on. Dude, so, that's creepy. He'll jump. Yeah, he'll jump right in your body, and you don't always feel good after he comes out. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, next one on our list is Parallax. We've already been over. And then the the um, the next one is one no. that's not on the other list. What you got? No, he should have been on the list. I don't know why they didn't put him on there. He's one of those characters he should be on there every year if they're doing something like this. Well, this that's one, Black Hand. Yeah, and isn't he the, wasn't he the leader of the Black Lantern Corps? Yes. Okay, um, so he is powerful. basically a zombie. Yeah, he's a zombie. Um, the thing that the reason why I put him on here not because he can just make zombies. His backstory is very dark. Probably one of the darkest backstories I've seen in DC Comics. This guy was obsessed with death. Always wanted to be around dead animals, uh, dead people. He would spend nights in the graveyard. So to get his uh, black hand powers from the Black Lantern, 
he killed his family, then killed himself, and came back to life and brought everybody back as zombies, including every single character in the DC universe that died. So that was uh, pretty scary. If we had a dead Superman, a dead Martian Manhunter, which they did bring back Martian Manhunter, he was on their side. You don't want that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, I don't... I, I read Black as Night, but um, didn't they bring back a Black Lantern Superman at one point? Yes. Because he had died? A, mm-hmm. They brought back a Black Lantern Superman, yeah. Wonder Woman, I think, Batman 2, which we found out later it wasn't even Batman, so... Yeah. But he had no powers. That's one good thing about bringing back a dead Batman. You don't oh, yeah. have to worry about it. And after Black Hand, next one on the list is actually the same one they had at number three. We have the Joker. And then number two changes up. We have already talked about Joker, and Joker, we could talk about him forever. Yeah, I'll say same obvious reasons. The next one is the same reasons he made number one on DC All Access list was Anton Arcane. And the number one on our list, I'm surprised, did not even make their list at all. Not even his daughter. This guy is a living demon. He's the king of his realm. Or the demon yes, king he, of his realm? Yeah, he's basically what we would call Satan, but a lot worse, which is scary. <laughs> and this, of course, is Trigon, the father of um, the Raven. So Yeah, and I think she is the only one to actually take him down. Constantine, Etrigan, um, Swamp Thing, the Justice League can't even take him down. It's exactly. only going to be Raven. The only way she can stop him is by trapping him. I don't think there's an actual way to kill him. I don't know. How do you kill a demon and actually have him stay dead? Especially if he's, you know, a skyscraper size. <laughs> yeah. So that's our that's our list. Now, um, who would you guys put on the list? Did we miss someone? We I know we probably missed someone because we've got over, almost 80 years of DC Comics history to pull from. Um, what's your list of um, the scariest creatures and characters in the DC multiverse? Let us know at DC Superpowers Podcast at gmail.com. Send us the, send it there and let us know what you think. So, but from there, let's get into some TV recaps. This week had some awesome stuff on TV. It so, did. It was really good. Um, we had a lot of Easter eggs, too. Oh, yeah. For each show. Well, let's run over Gotham real quick because, I, I don't know, for me, you said you've almost totally given up on Gotham already. Yeah, I'm, like I said, I'll still watch it. If it's something I know that's going to interest me, I'm catching up. I caught up on some of the stuff before you were talking just to skim over it. Yeah. Uh, from Now, what's going on with um, Riddler and Penguin's kind of weird. That's <laughs> a, yeah, that's a that weird happen. direction to go. Yeah, I, I didn't think I was going to see that happen. I'm like, oh, all right. Um, and Gordon has a new love interest. Uh, and uh, the new the new lieutenant, I think, he's um, getting some type of powers. Captain. The captain. The captain, he's getting some type of powers. Yeah, so, it's uh, interesting because um, I, I don't know who they're trying to make him out to be, or is he just just going to be completely new? It seems like it's going to be completely new. Yeah. Well, it was interesting that um, this show we had no Bruce, none of that storyline at all. Um, this storyline was basically this was more of Jervis Tetch controlling the city, or actually yeah, trying to get back at Gordon for killing his sister, which, which Gordon had nothing the, to do with. <laughs> the first season, um, I always said I don't think they should put every character in every episode, especially Bruce. Yeah. Uh, I like Alfred a lot, and to get Alfred, we probably would need to see Bruce Wayne, but with him being a kid, I don't want to see too much of Bruce Wayne unless he is Batman, at least in my opinion. So. Well, in this one, we're also... Um, have you watched any of the stuff to see Jervis Tetch in this? We're getting a truly insane and psychotic Jervis Tetch. Yes, this is the kind of Jervis Tetch that I think we would need for the movie. Actually, any type of interpretation live action for, um, for a Mad Hatter. Yeah. I think he's the best Mad Hatter we've seen so far. And this is including the cartoons, too. 
win this one. The body count was pretty big for him because every he kept giving Gordon a choice. You go over here, there's a little kid about to get run over by a bus, or in the same 30 seconds, these two people are going to jump off the roof. Save mm-hmm. one of them. And there's no, there is no choice because you can't save both. Right. So if you save one, this the other one's going to die. See, that's what I was thinking. This would be really good if there was a Batman because Gordon could always say, hey, Bats, help me, or Bats, exactly. Gordon, help me. But he, he's just Gordon by himself, so he's got to make all the hard decisions. Mm-hmm. Now, eventually he does take down Tetch because you expect that, and, and Tetch yeah. escapes, obviously. So I'm wondering, is this over now, the Mad City storyline part of it, or are we going to get more past this? We'll find out coming up further on Gotham. That was pretty much the entire episode was a Gordon episode this time. And that, to me, like I said, that's the way it should always been, like since season one. Mm-hmm. This should be good show, which it is actually revolve around him, but just let me see him. <laughs> yeah. Well, the next one is actually one that we've been waiting for for a while, and it's fantastic to see Linda Carter. We actually got Linda Carter as the president of the United States on Supergirl. This week's episode of Welcome to Earth. Can you believe my mother's been watching every single episode with me? That's how invested she is in the Supergirl right now. Dude, Supergirl was amazing this week. And I love the... Now, um, there's two main Wonder Woman references I caught in the show. Did you catch at least those two? I caught the invisible jet. Yeah, she said you I should can... see my other jet. The oh, other yeah, one, you didn't recognize? I... There was reference to the 70s TV show of Wonder Woman. I, I remember watching it, but it's, it's, I watched it at the beginning of the week, so I forget when what Super, exactly was Well, when that. Supergirl was on fire, she spins yeah, in a circle to put out the fire. Around. Right, right, okay. So we get, we get to meet the president. We got um, this alien is actually trying to um, kill the president. Because the president is trying to sign a, basically a treaty or a bill that will basically give amnesty and um, declare that all aliens are um, given the same rights as regular um, American citizens. And that's what I was going to ask you about who the alien was because they never really disclosed her name of who she was supposed to be, correct? I don't think so. I don't remember catching a name on her. But it was interesting because we also in this sh- this episode we get to meet Maggie Sawyer finally of the new science yeah, division of National City Police. So and, um, had a question about the villain. Okay. Now, I I thought this was her. I didn't think it was going to be an alien. I just seen what her powers were, and I thought she was trying to make aliens look bad. Until the end, I was like, okay, it's actually now they're being from a different planet. I thought that was uh, plastique the whole time. Whoa, hang on, that's that's crap. My whole life to be able to do something like this. <laughs> Come on, I hate that. Yeah, Been they'll fun. pop up and they'll just keep on going. Yeah. So I don't think it was plastique. Do you think that's who they were characterizing her after? She had the red hair. She had the attitude. It's possible. And she had the pyro abilities. Give me a minute. I'm I looking up. That was. Uh, we saw some other characters show up for the first time in this, but let me see if they actually name who the villain is here. Welcome to Earth. Um, none of the stories here are showing exactly who it is. So I'm looking her up to see if they were just copying maybe that style because they've done that a couple times with um. I know oh, Smallville, yeah. some of their villains. No, it's not saying anything about anywhere. Okay. I never got her name at all, So, um, but she's a yeah, I, villain that throws fire. Um, right. And the first time we Great. see her is actually in a bar full of aliens that the DEO yep. did not know existed. Yep. It was basically like your little um, – it reminded me of Men in Black, honestly. Yeah. Like, oh, they have a bar for just aliens and aliens only. And we find out that Maggie Sawyer in this is gay, just like we expected, because yes. she is in the comics. But also, not only that, but she prefers female aliens. Aliens, yeah. So that makes it a little interesting, too. But um, 
we get to meet the president. Um, Linda Carter is awesome. At the end, yes. we actually find out, spoiler alerts, that the president <laughs> is also an alien. We don't know anything I about her race or anything. You didn't catch that? No, I, I just I didn't expect that coming. When I saw her walk away, I was like, oh. Oh, that's why she's fighting for you guys so much. I thought she was just a kind soul from the human race, but all right. And the I'm other one, huh? I'm just hoping her motives are pure, though. Yeah, I hope so, too. But the other one that um, we saw in this, I didn't expect to see this early, was we got to see Miss Martian. Yes, we did. And I she's not a white I Martian. Like, no, I, well, my mom, I said, I bet you that's the white Martian. And then she turned into Larry John Jones, basically, but a female. I was like, oh. Okay, so there's, he's not a mar- white Martian. I guess that'll cut down on a little bit of the confusing storylines. Well, he is still the last son of Mars. But she is the last daughter, daughter of Mars. <laughs> now, is this going to be, you think, his niece? Like, I don't know. He tried to portray in uh, Young Justice? It's possible, but I don't think so. Because she would have, I think she would have, um, if she was John Jones' niece, she would have tried to um, point it out to him earlier, I think. Okay. So super really interesting. Yeah. To see that. The CW um, in general like, has been amazing. Yeah. I was just going to say, I did like how um, he's becoming more sociable and out of his shell to the oh, other yeah. world. Because he, I don't think he realized that there was a bar for aliens where he could go so he wouldn't feel just so alone. Because the only aliens on Earth are, that he knew of that he would have contact with was Superman and Supergirl. And the Fort Ross escapees. Yeah. but They're all I, criminals he, or Kryptonian. Yeah. Right. Those are the only ones I think he called his friends. Yeah. Now can mingle and so, now with miss martian there he'll have family at least he'll consider her family since she is going to be from his planet i do like the one um the one comment that john makes in the show the one the one of the best one-liners is um something to, something to the effect of um i chose a bad week to get rid of all the kryptonite yeah because the <laughs> alien was attacked everybody thought supergirl was the or um monel monel everybody thought monel was the one attacking the president yeah, and I, when I seen the attacks happen, I, as I said, I told my mom once again, since she's my buddy that I watched Supergirl with, um, he was a Green Lantern, so I doubt he's the bad guy, but I yeah. didn't know what route they were actually going to do, and then at the end of the show, it turns out he had nothing to do with it at all. Exactly. Which was really strange, because when the fl- flame balls were being thrown, I was thinking to myself, Supergirl should know all Kryptonians are about the same, and if she can't do that, Superman can't do that. Why would he be able to? Well, they were thinking heat vision, but they didn't know they couldn't see the difference. You gotta remember in this, Supergirl's heat vision is white hot. Right. So those it's look, interesting. Those still look, huh? To me, those still look kind of like flame balls because the whole time I was saying I, those are like flames. Then when before she showed up, I was like, that might be plastic that's doing this. Cause I know they're using Superman villains. Yeah. So well, the other the one thing that in this show the almost a negative on this one was that they're hammering it so on the nose and so blatant the store, the um, moral of the episode about all acceptance and all inclusive, which is great to have an episode about that, but it was way too obvious in this episode. Everything that was happening, the president signing a thing to accept all aliens, um, the whole story with Maggie Sawyer and, um, and, um, what's her name? Um, uh, Superman sister or Supergirl sister. Um, Wow. I'm drawing a blank at the moment, but that whole storyline was the same thing, accepting people for their differences. John exactly. Jones had to accept being different. Right, and Supergirl and had then, to accept people on and, her own planet that are still different. Exactly. She had to get past her prejudices against um, mm-hmm. Daxamites. So it's like this whole issue, or this whole um, episode was the exact same story in like six ways. Yep. I, think they, I think they were a little bit too heavy-handed on it. I mean, it's a good story. 
And it was a great episode. It's just it was a little heavy handed on the um, moral of the story. Yeah, it yeah, almost it felt like an after school special. Yeah, and it kind of felt weird seeing this coming from a DC show too. Yeah, uh, most time when they do make stories like this, it's usually for a Marvel story. Yeah, but uh, Supergirl, I still liked it. Still enjoyed it a oh, lot. Oh yeah, I'm still um, watching Supergirl yeah. every week. That's the first thing I watch. It's, it's Monday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll we'll give that still a great rating. Um, I can't wait to see what they're going to do with Miss Marsh now. That's my biggest um not concern, but my not even pet peeve. I'm trying to figure out the word to go with this. I'm just very excited to see her. I guess exactly. I, I wasn't expecting to see her this soon. I thought we were going to get her in like maybe episode eight or something. Well, the interesting thing was um. We had a going away party for my niece who's going to the Air Force on Tuesday. And she was talking about it at the party because she's not seen the newest Supergirl yet. He, she's caught up on su- Netflix. She was talking about mm-hmm. how Miss Martian is her favorite DC character. She's leaving Tuesday for basic training in the Air Force. And she's going to miss most of this season of, flat, of Supergirl. She'll have time to watch it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Send her some, send her some comic books. <laughs> well, yeah, give her something to do while she's at, tra- at training. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. She gets to meet all the aliens because she's going to be a drone pilot. Seriously, what if she finally meets the alien? She just never tells you. She can't officially, but Vicky has been. Um, we were put a bug in her ear. It's like, hey, because she's going out to Nellis Air Force Base in um, Nevada to actually do her training on um, her tech training, and that's there's a lot of UFO sightings out that way. Mm. So Vicky already told her that when Kyla comes back for a visit, she's going to have to sit down and do an interview. <laughs> you know that's not she can't say anything. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we'll find something. <laughs> but the next show we had was The Flash. And I've been waiting 3 seasons to see the character we brought in on The Flash this season or this week. Yeah, we I finally have to. got I him. Go ahead. I thought it should have been in season 1 with the other rogue. Well, he's a strong enough and a most a popular enough rogue that he actually made it onto the one of the few rogues to actually make it onto the original Flash TV series. Also, there was one Good episode old, that he was on there with John Wesley Ship. Good old Mirror Master. Finally. That's right, Mirror Master. And this was the um, the original Mirror Master from the Silver Age. Mm-hmm. Who I guess um, I've right off the top of my head, I'm missing, I'm losing his name, but I guess he actually was killed during crisis during um, the Crisis on Infinite Earths. And then the second Mirror Master took over from there. So, right. Because there was a couple people that uh, became Mirror Master. Yeah. But Crisis took out so many characters. Oh, yeah. If you weren't if you weren't the top character, I think they took you out. And even if you were a top character, you might be the one. Yeah, look at Flash. But they took out villains and minor characters. They took out Flash, too. And Supergirl. Mm-hmm. But um, Flash this week was all about Mirror Master and Jesse Quick basically learning more about how to be Jesse Quick. And um, yeah. was Mirror Master everything you expected him to be? He was a little bit more. The attitude change was completely different than what I thought. Okay. Uh, the suit, the beard, the girlfriend. I was like, oh. And then we had another uh, character from Flash's Rogues in there too, Top. Um, I did not know that this was the actress from, was it Awkward? I think... I don't oh, know. As we're, as we're talking, um, she was on an MTV show, and okay. she had a, basically bangs and brunette hair. So I'm watching the show as it's going on, and I looked up top in the comic books, and I was like, oh, wait a minute. You played on this show? You look completely different with blonde hair. But anyways, uh, Mirror Master uh, was more than what I expected. His powers, uh, I hope to see them change a little bit. And when I say change, get better as time goes by. I know we're going to see him again in this season. Oh, yeah. Well... They left it open enough that they could that he can always come back. So right, and they are building slowly building a rogues gallery again. 
because the first season or first couple seasons we had a ro- or first season we had a small rogues gallery. Second season was um, was all about Zoom. I mean, there were some rogues in there too. This season looks like we're actually going to build a rogues gallery. I know we know um, episode I read or I read up that um, episode nine when it comes out is called Shade. They're going to bring in the character you know, of Shade, mm-hmm. who I believe was a Flash villain to start with. Was it? I think so. I have to. I'd have to search it because and I don't have the um, have it up in front of me, but I will here in just a second. I also Act, know, yeah, I know that. Fla- he okay. appeared in Flash Comics uh, 33, September 1942. Ah, so this is a Golden Age character. But that same episode, we're going to have um, Barry having to tell Wally and Iris and um, Joe what happened to Wally in the Flashpoint. Because Wally's going to start having dreams of being Kid Flash. Right. And like I said, my uh, theory still is he is going to... Uh Talk to Dr. Alchemy, and he's going to give him his powers back. Do you think Alchemy's going to do it, or do you think he's going to um, actually get the lightning? They might, but the way he lost his powers are the same as everybody else. Like, um, like uh, who was the other one that lost their powers at the beginning of the season? Um, wow. The ma- <laughs> the Magnet Girl. Um, oh, Magenta? Yeah, Magenta. She, was she never lost hard. her powers? Well, she lost them until he gave them back to her, because she had the powers in Flashpoint. But when Barry oh, came okay. back to hard time. Yeah. And that's how everybody had seen that they had their powers, like even the rival. Yeah. Um, so I really think uh, Kid Flash is going to get his powers once again from um, Alchemy. But okay. he's going to become good instead of evil. Well, now, I know he also, may do some bad uh, things before then, but okay. he'll come back to the good side. Well, another one that we saw as a teaser for what's coming up is we know Mark Hamill's coming back. Yes. Now, I don't know what episode off the top of my head, but it is also the same episode has Jake Eric in it. So I don't know, this could, and actually the way Mark is dressed, you know what, that could make sense. This may be actually happening on Earth 3, or Earth 2. That's what I was thinking. That's what so I was that's thinking. why he would be dressed different, so that um, Wally goes over to the other Earth to work with Jay to catch Trickster. That's what. That's the main thing I was trying to figure out. Now, I want to look up these pictures again. Let me type this in on Google. Um, I don't think he's going to be a Trickster in this world. I think he might be actually like another Joker, but not our Joker. Okay. Which is he voices the Joker, and from the picture, he looks like he's got the lipstick, he's got the yeah. different hair color. Uh, I really think this is going to be a different version. Maybe the Jester, they could call him? I think there is a Jester in the comics from Earth 2 or Earth 3, actually, anyway. Well, I know um, back in the 70s on the old Super Friends cartoon, the um, the Toy Man had the Jester costume. Mm, okay. Remember him? Yeah, and well, I'm looking at this uh, picture right now. His hair's purple, his skin's white, red lipstick, he's got a flower on his coat, and he's wearing a suit. That looks exactly like the Joker. Well, we don't, what does that say what um, episode that is? Um, Let's take a look here. They're saying he's on set. They're not saying exactly what episode now. Okay. At least the website I'm on. But this is Earth 3, and like you said, John Wesley Ship will be back as the Flash. Taking I believe- down this character. Um, yeah. Let's see. While fans were expecting Hamill to play the version of the Joker, there's a far more evidence that says he will reprise his role as a trickster. So you're probably right. Um, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see who he's going to be. But but he is going to be a, a villain in the show, and this is going to be the episode directed by Kevin Smith. Yes. Well, no, the one – is Kevin Smith's that one, or is it the um, Shade? Hang on. No, I think that one is Kevin Smith's. I, don't, I know yeah, Kevin Smith it, has episodes of a couple of these shows coming up. 
Okay. On, on this one, it says this onset photo also shows Kevin Smith, who will be returning to direct this episode. So. Ah, so that is his episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, him, his daughter, Mark Hamill's daughter, appears in this episode too. Cool. Or at least she's on set. Now, I don't know if she's just walking around on set just to support her dad or she's going to actually be in the episode. This is just a website I'm on with all the on-set photos, so this is a lot of speculation. Take this okay. with a grain of salt, <laughs> basically. So, so once again, another DC comic show knocking it out of the park. Now, see, what it is is the mm-hmm. Gotham um, executive producers need to start talking to Berlani and um, Kreisberg and everybody <laughs> and start bringing it in together so that we can actually get a full, huge universe. Yeah, and that might be how we could get um, the Batman, you know? Possibly. They did mention that in Legends. That was last season. Um, when they, Was that last season? Yeah. Yeah, he mentioned uh, the Dark Knight's Fall and... Um, yeah, or Dark Knight's Fall and um, Man of Steel. Yeah, Sore or something like that. Yeah, so... Um, and well, we'll be, yeah, I have a lot of questions about that later oh, yeah. on the episode. Okay. Well, the next one up was Arrow. And at this one, Ollie has to actually um, break Diggle out of prison. Now, prison Ollie, uh, um, there was a Star Wars reference here that which you got let go right by you. But any it Star did. Wars fan, huge Star Wars fan, is going to recognize Diggle's cell number when they're breaking him out was cell number one one three eight. Now, um, there's a Star Wars and a George Lucas reference there because there is. Um, or um, the Star Wars or George Lucas's first student film in college to finish college was THX 1138, which he actually expanded and made into a feature length film as soon as he got out of college. So that's um, th- there was a huge nod to Star Wars there, and Legends had an even bigger one this year, this yeah. week. So um, now that one I caught. Oh yeah, but we also find out um, in this episode that the Team Arrow needs to, or gets to figure out how to work together without Arrow. Or without the Green Arrow. Yeah, the Green Arrow. I've been so used to still calling him Arrow. (laughs) I think they should change the show to Green Arrow now at this point. (laughs) Yeah, that'd that'd help us. Yeah. But uh, we didn't really get to see Church until the very end. He didn't play too big of a part until then. Um, But Diggle was the main focus. Diggle needed to be broken out of jail because no one thought that he um, was capable of actually making a decision on himself. Well, no, he was he was capable, but he was making the wrong choice. He had decided well, he wanted it, to stay in prison. After seeing that last episode when he thought Deadshot was in there, and he really was, and I was like, okay, this guy's getting cabin fever. He needs to get yeah. out of there. So um, we get Lila now and that, Arrow breaking him out. Right. I, I wanted to see his son. I just wanted to see him. Oh, <laughs> we will. Again would have been be- good, too. I was like, I can't get over that. It's not, it's not Sarah anymore. It's Dale Jr. That's right. So that we got a little Connor Hawk, possibly. Yep. Because remember, oh, um, in Air, in Legends of Tomorrow last season, when they went to the future and found the Connor Hawk, the new, the older Green Arrow, or the Green Arrow from the future, that was Diggle's son. Which was still throwing me off, because now, since he went back in time, I'm curious, does Ollie even have a son now? Well, no, Connor Hawk wasn't his son in, um, in the future. That guy who was using no, the name no. Connor Hawk, it wasn't. Um, Ollie's son. That was Diggle's son. Right, but I thought since they did show his son earlier, I was thinking there might be a connection between them at some point. Ah, okay. Well, that's something they but, can always go back to. Yeah, I was just wondering now since they that was back in the time, first season. Was that the first? I thought it was second. Season. Yeah, because remember Moira paid for them to go away. But they showed him again in season three. What? No, they showed the that mom. Might have been last season actually. No, they showed they showed um the mom in Central City. 
And she calls to check on him, see, hey, how you doing? Mommy will be home soon. I think it was in an yeah, episode of Flash. No, no, no. It was in the, the it, yeah, crossover. It was in the crossover because that's why right. um, Ollie was in. Yes. Uh, that's, that's what I was wondering if he even exists now. Did, he even, did any of that even happen? I don't because know. Because of what did. He might yeah. not ever even met that woman. So, well, um, well, we get to find out as this like plays out. Season, yeah. Well, the last show we have was actually this one was phenomenal too. It was I loved the look of um, on Legends of Tomorrow. The problem is I'm starting to get a um, X Men vibe to it a little bit because yeah, we now have I Colossus. Told, well, that happened last season too. I said the same thing. I was like, this seems a little bit like they took some stuff from X Men. Well, we got Iron Man, we got Colossus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the DC Marvel Universe mashup, which would be nice to see. You know what? Bring that on. There's an idea, DC. Talk to Marvel. Maybe we can get something. Get an amalgam TV show? Yes. <laughs> but um, the Legends are stuck in feudal Japan to fight a shogun who's supposed to marry the girl against her will. And I was going to say, before we got there, we got Vixen being assassin almost without killing people. But she was knocking every single character or teammate out um, on that ship. The only one that she really didn't get to was uh, Heat Wave. Yeah. And that was because of Citizen Steel. That's right. Now, in the comic books, is that how Citizen Steel looks? Uh, he, not like that's what threw me off. I'm thinking to myself now. He looked just like Commander Steel, but he had a shine to him. Oh, okay. So he didn't actually have the steel skin. Yeah, he yeah he wasn't. Uh, I think he. I don't know if he had steel skin. I just remember his costume. I never read a book with him, but from seeing his costume, it was Commander Steel's costume, but it was shiny. So. I don't know if that was actually his skin, too. Oh, there's a picture of him. Yeah. You see what I'm saying now? Yeah. But, um, yeah, when I seen this episode, I was thinking, okay, that looks like Colossus. I never thought Citizen Steel looked like that, so... Yeah, uh, Citizen Steel's costume looks like it's actually a, um... (laughs) I was wondering, like, is there going to be a copyright issue here? Are we good? (laughs) I think they'll be okay. (laughs) I think they will, too. It just threw me... It threw me off. I wasn't expecting that, but, um... It was kind of interesting how, um, Nate, um... Not Dr. Nate, when he, we had two different versions of someone crashing into a weird time. Because Ray, remember, crashes also and loses his armor. And he's talking like normal, <laughs> where Nate Haywood, you can tell immediately as soon as he crashes, being a historian, was doing everything mm-hmm. he could to hide that he was actually from a different time. Yeah, uh, me and my mother noticed that. It was like, oh, I fell from the sky and looked for a guy. He's about yay high, steel skin. Have you seen him? <laughs> it's like, that's not how you want to open up a sentence there, dude. Exactly. You're in 1960s. No. The 1600s, um, or, you mean? Or 1600s. I don't know why I said 1900s. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, when he met uh, – well, I guess we'll get to this. I'm just going to say it now. Spoiler alert. Yeah, go uh, ahead. When he met Katana's uh, ancestor, he was saying, oh, I came overseas from a boat. That's weird. You saw me in a crater. I don't know what – I don't know how that happened. Yeah. Well, we do, like uh, you said, we get to see um, Katana's ancestors who also – and we also see the man who created the soul sword. Yes, uh, this whole season I think is going to be dedicated to ancestors. We had Captain uh, Commander Steel, which was Citizen Steel's grandfather. We get to see the version of Vixen that is the grandmother of the current Vixen that's on the DC mini um, um, episodes on the yeah C. the CWC. Have you now, been watching those? I haven't started watching that yet. I just looked at that uh, once we started recording. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to have to watch that at some point today or tomorrow. <laughs> um, and th- now we have the ancestors of Katana, and we get to see a little bit of background to the. Um, soul sword so yeah so it's interesting to see what's going on and we actually we still haven't got the full dooms or the full um legion of doom yet we've only seen two right. of them 
And I really thought we was gonna see um another villain in this um episode, but we didn't, so Well we got a villain, but he was a one off just that shogun. Right. I, I made somebody from the um Legion of Doom. Yeah. So we're still waiting to see um who Malcolm Merlin we've not heard hide or hair of from any of the shows yet. And I said I thought this would be a perfect time, especially how much we saw uh Sarah Lance White Canary fight these ninjas, these uh the samurai. The way she would go at it with them, I was thinking maybe at some point they say, your fighting style looks familiar like somebody that I've seen recently. Malcolm Merlin, maybe, but no, yeah. we didn't get that. Well, and well, I think the reason why we didn't get that, because this episode was an accident. You know I mean, an accident. The way they traveled into that time era, they weren't supposed to be there. They had no... Yeah, uh, there was no reason no for them to stop there. there. No, he just got knocked out of the ship and fell in the time-space continuum and landed there. So, what did you think of all the... Um the 80s ninja movie references. You would find out that Mick Rory is a huge fan of 80s ninja movies. Didn't see that coming, but I laughed every single time, especially when he had on the ninja outfit and <laughs> took it off. He's like, oh, it's me. He's like, see, there are ninjas. <laughs> that was fantastic. Uh, this so. is one reason why he's my favorite character on the show. But uh, one of the biggest clues we got from this episode was Barry Allen. Oh, yes. From the 40, what they say, 40 year old Barry Allen... Or not meet, we get to hear a message from Barry Allen from 2052. And we don't actually get to hear the message. No, we didn't. We just uh, find out that this... That... Ah, wait, wait, wait. Turn the off the ad. Turn off the ad. Firestorm. Huh? That's the only ones that know about that is Firestorm and... Um... Yeah, Dr. Sign and Jackson find a hidden spot on the ship while everybody else is out trying to save Ray and um, Nate. And they find it's like an armory or an arsenal of ancient of weapons that are all in cases... And then there's a um, communications log with a message on it from Barry Allen from the future, or our from our future. Mm-hmm. And um, he's talking about how he needs um, Barry sends him a message and says you got to keep this secret from the legends, and that's all we hear. But it's imperative that he that um, Captain Hunter hears this message but keeps it a secret from the rest of the legends. Yeah, and the way I would – this probably isn't even happening, but the way they were talking to Sarah, they were probably just trying to keep a secret. But I was wondering, does it have anything to do with her? No, I think they were just trying to um, – because they, they didn't tell anybody about the armory or any of that. No. So they're trying to um, keep the whole thing a secret at the moment. And I was also um, curious when we'll get to see Ray Palmer's uh, text or Adam suit coming back. Oh, it's destroyed now. Yeah, it's I'm gone. not sure. They destroyed – well, that hopefully that means we get a new Adam suit. We could. I think we will get a new one, but I wonder if it's going to be the exact same. Will we go back in time, maybe, borrow his old one? I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> well, that's the best way to be, not not knowing, but looking looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. So the only the next thing I have in the way of TV is actually um, Stephen Amell and a lot of the other um, CW actors and stuff were at the Entertainment Weekly's Pop Fest this weekend. Or this, yeah, over um, earlier this weekend. And they had stars from Supernatural. It was all the CW's biggest shows, which is Supernatural, Arrow, Supergirl, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow. Now, during this, um, if anybody saw has any of these guys on their Instagram, you get to see a sweet picture because it actually has Jensen Ackles, Jared Padalecki, Stephen Amell, um, Grant Gustin, Katie Lotz, and Melissa Benoist all in a picture hanging out together backstage at this um, festival. Which is awesome to see. And what it came out from this was um, Stephen Amell actually put the the quote under the picture when he put it up on Instagram was, this crossover, the crossover we need. Saying that Supernatural should cross over at some point with the DC Universe. I mean, this is just him messing around. I guarantee there's nothing, no weight behind this. 
But how crazy would it be to possibly get like a John Constantine showing up on Supernatural? That would be a dream come true. That would be beautiful. It would fit together so great. And then seeing um, the characters of Sam and Dean and their reaction to what Constantine is and what he represents and stuff, and the fact that, or even seeing Flash or Supergirl show up in the supernatural world or them in the superhero world. You know what would be the best out of everything, though? Castiel coming over. Castiel and Constantine looking at each other, admiring each other's outfit, and talking trash to each other. That, <laughs> I will pay, I'll pay 100 bucks to see that. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> you, like, you know that's where... You know that's where Castiel's idea for his attire came from was Constantine, right? Probably. It it was. I think that's what the designer, the director, somebody from the show said. So Okay. Well, the, the one other thing I got out of this was actually Mark Guggenheim was talking to Entertainment Weekly this week and said, this is a quote from him, this year we're doing by far the most ambitious crossover we've ever done. It's basically a huge three-part story that also brings in Supergirl. So it's crossing over all four shows – it's telling one big epic movie of a story. It's not setting up any spinoffs. It's just a big, bombastic, huge action. There's also some really poignant character moments. There's a lot of plot lines, particularly, um, I would say, in Flash and Legends, that come to fruition in the crossover. It's by far the most ambitious thing we've ever attempted. I want to say it's by far more, one of the most ambitious things anyone in network television has ever attempted. It's completely insane. Hmm. So we're going to basically get a three-hour mega movie with all of the characters from Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl. Hmm. And we already know the villain for this, and the story in general is going to have something to do with Invasion. Because the villains for it is the Dominators. Which, actually, I'm slowly working my way through Invasion. I picked it up on Comicsology. Okay, not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> so, that's one that I that was before I actually started reading comics. So that, what do you think? Would it be fun getting those guys all together? Oh yeah, I, like I said, I would pay money to see that, and I know I'm going to get it for free. But my point being, if they needed me to contribute something for it to start up something, I'll definitely give some money for it. <laughs> oh yeah, all right, that, that's a dream come true. So that's most of the um, TV news we had. Um, in the movie news. The first one is a huge story that they that was put up that as that I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically it comes down to um, Ben Affleck mentioned um, was talking to has been talking about this new Batman movie. We found out this week that Ben they will actually be filming in 2017, so they're going to start filming in 2017. Um, ben Affleck also said that the Batman may not be the final name of the movie. Right now, that's the shooting name of the movie. But they can always yeah, change the, that at any point. Right. That's that's the one thing that got me was this could change at any time for right now because this was just – I guess it was still a rumor, the Batman. But at least they're calling it for now. Um, if this change over time, they might not reveal until the movie tra- first movie trailer comes out. I yeah. hope so. I, I don't want to hear any spoilers for this. Well, it says also that um, there are a couple of dates saved right now for DC Comics movies that don't have any names on them yet. October 5th, 2018, and November 1st of 2019, both are scheduled as untitled DC Comics movies, so either one could possibly be the Batman. Mm-hmm. If they're filming in 2017, I'm assuming it's probably the, the fall 2018 time slot. Hmm. So we I know think that, what other movies could it be? I'm not sure. I don't have the list in front of me of what's scheduled when. But I know um, it said so far, this is just a roundup of all the stuff we already know. We know Dead Sh- or um, Deathstroke's going to be in it. 
And we know at least three actors that are in it, obviously, because Ben Affleck is in it. He's Batman, Bruce Wayne. Jeremy Irons will more than likely he's going to be in it. He's Alfred. And Joe Magangiello, mm-hmm. um, I, I butchered his name, is Deathstroke. So other than that, they said maybe you might see something from Jared Leto and Margot Robbie. May, probably not. Probably not, yeah. I would love to see Joker in there. We don't have to see Harley. <laughs> Although mm-hmm. I know fans would like to see Harley, but me personally – Give me like him going by the room while Joker gives him this demonic looking laugh, something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 as we said, I don't know. Is Jared Leto even coming back for Joker anyway? I don't know. He's I've not heard anything contract. definitive. Yeah, I know he wasn't too happy with it. Um, he, he, I think one of the critics for when the movie came out. <laughs> okay. And he didn't even see the movie, so I was yeah. thinking, go watch it before you judge it. But um. Yeah, the Batman solo movie, can't wait for that to come out. If it is Tyler the Batman, I'm fine with that. I know some people said it sounds corny, but then some people say it's paying tribute also to the 1930-1940 uh, uh, Batman titles. So. Mm-hmm. But where can you go with that? It's it's Batman. What exactly. You well, we have one more movie um, news. You want This one's really short, but... Um, yeah, I was going to say... You want to cover this, this one? Uh, yeah, there's not really much to this article either. It's just about the Justice League Dark director and how he aims to uh, make this movie a pretty good uh, dark film. And from what DC gave him, he's got a lot of ideas for it. I'm um, not going to read this word for word, but basically uh, this was from IGN. Uh, the director said he looks to accomplish uh, – uh, he plans to set a high bar for the film. Um, and first of all, this is what he's quoted. I love those characters. I love what Warner Brothers is doing. And I love the producer, Scott uh, Rudden, and it's all to you. Um, I get asked this to come in and do things that are unconventional. If people want conventional, they don't come to me. Lean told this all to IGN, and so you know when Warren Bros. wants a short of turn for the comic book genre on his head, they call him. So, okay. uh, I, like I say, it wasn't really much to this, except I guess they have a lot of faith in him. He has a lot of faith in himself. Um, and he plans on making this the best comic book movie that he can. And there's no release date yet either for Justice League Dark. Uh, I doubt one of those slots we were mentioning in the other article would be it made for because it hasn't even been uh, – hasn't even started filming yet. Well, yeah, the, the, and this point, is the animated animated one. It's not the actual live action oh, Justice okay, League Dark. I thought, uh, no, this okay, is – I believe that, I believe he's directing the um, animated version. Okay. See, with two titles coming out <laughs> named the same thing, I'm getting a little confused now. Yeah. But okay, well, this makes a little bit more sense. Oh, no, maybe not. He... The long-in-development huh? Justice League Dark movie. No, this could be – he could be actually directing the live action. Okay, I, the reason why I figured this was live action because Justice League Dark, the animated series, is already done. They, we're just waiting for a release date for when they, I guess, finish up all the editing. Okay. Or I think we do have a release date, but they're just waiting for it to be released. With this one, it seems like they're not even in the works yet. They're just giving this guy a lot of faith. So, okay, this is the film, the actual live action film. But – um. I can't wait for this. I'm still waiting for the animated series. And have you been noticing a pattern with the DC uh, animated series and the films? You mean the um, movies? Yeah, um, yeah. The animated uh, films. They like I said, they did a Flashpoint one. Two years yeah. later, we get the Flashpoint on TV. Uh, Justice League Dark. Now they're also saying they're working on a TV show for this. Um, and there was another one that. Oh, was it? Suicide Squad, Assault on Arkham, and then if you watch the movie, there's certain things out of there they kind of took. Not exactly, but they okay. kind of just go in hand. But once again, this is DC, and they usually stay pretty close to their comic book wrote, uh, roots anyway. So, 
Um, I'll be happy to get both these films on DVD. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good stuff. Or Blu-ray at this point. We're in a new era, I guess I should say. Yeah. Blu-ray. Or at that point, maybe in a digital download. Which I think that the new Suicide Squad movie is going to be coming to digital release very soon. I'm trying to decide if I want to just buy that now and then get the Blu-ray set. I don't know what I want to do yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, next up, we're actually into comic book news. And actually, DC Comics tweeted out a picture this week of the lineup for the new Justice League of America coming out of Justice League versus Suicide Squad. And there's yes. some interesting choices on this team. Very. One, Um, I think I know why they're doing this, but I don't want to say it yet. I'll keep that to myself until I read the book. Yeah. Well, go ahead with your impressions of it. One is I didn't realize um, they mentioned in the article that um, Lobo has a totally different look in the new 52. Oh, and this is actually going back to his original look. Ken, I don't want to talk about the new look. The new look sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I hate That's not Lobo. The same way you feel about Superman, I feel strongly about Superman too, but I feel strongly more about what they did to Lobo. I'm like, this, okay. this isn't okay. <laughs> well, this this looks like the main man, Lobo. Big, bulky. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't Air have his vest on, but he does have his sickle. He don't need no vest. That's right. <laughs> it's Lobo. Well, the, uh, no, the other two characters that were added to the team, we already knew that Killer Frost was on the team. Um, the Ryan Choi Adam is on the team. Vixen is on the team we knew about. And we knew about Ray. That's already in another series that's ongoing right now, and that's the Green Arrow book. Now, Green Arrow's not in this. Wait, wait, wait. I missed where you're at there. What, who are you talking about? I was saying that now this character that they also added is on a, another ongoing comic in uh, the okay. Green Arrow. And it's not Green Arrow, but it's Black Canary. Um,. And she fits perfect on the team. I'm loving this team lineup. We have Bat, which is really weird. Batman's on here. That's the other one you they added it. in this picture. Is Batman? Is looks like he's the leader of the team. Yeah. Uh, which actually, hmm. if you look at what he's doing right now in the comic we're reviewing this week about putting together his own version of a Suicide Squad, and then the fact that um, they're moving this directly into Batman or um, Suicide Squad versus JLA, it looks like. This may be another, basically, variation on him having a Suicide Squad. You have right. two total loose cannons in um, Killer Frost and, and Lobo. Frost. Lobo, you ne- never know what he's going to do. Never. The main man goes by his own rules. That's right. Which is going to be, which is funny because the main guy is going to have to listen to doesn't have powers. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's so it looks you know like it, Batman can be. It may be another, basically, variation on what they're doing right now already. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that that makes a lot lot more sense. Because at first I'm just thinking there's giving us random characters. I am a little disappointed though. Happy about what I see, but a little disappointed. I didn't get to see Martian Manhunter or Shazam. Not yet. I was hoping they get the team. <laughs> well, you got to think with um, Batman on the Justice League of America team, there may be room on the regular Justice League. True, and we don't know exactly what's going to happen with the other characters by then. We may get another uh, superhero going solo because they're um, going to have to fill in. Although he may be on both teams, knowing Batman. We'll see. Yeah. You never know. Besides, he's got his own um, Bat-, Bat Family Justice League thing going on in Gotham. And that's another thing I was going to say. The, what I think I mentioned this on a couple episodes ago. It might have been last episode. i never seen this big family concept, team family concept, I've seen in um, the new Batman stories. In the new 52, I can't say that's one thing they succeeded on. That was the Bat Family. It really felt like you've grown up with these guys your whole life with Jason, Dick Grayson, uh, Batwoman, and um, Batgirl. But now you have even more. You have Spoiler, Orphan, Nightwing join. Uh, Batwoman seems like she has a better and more important role. And then we also have Clayface, which is still 
I'm getting used to it, and it's in a good way. Well, you got to remember, so, Ezreal is still running around out there also. Oh, yeah, remember, he was right. in the I hospital forgot, at the beginning of about. the Detective Comics. Yeah, I, I forgot about him. We only seen him one time in the book, right? Exactly. No, he was put in the hospital. Yeah, so we, we'll get him out soon, probably. Um, so, yeah, Batman has basically seemed like three comic books he's juggling right now. <laughs> at least. Or at least a team leader. Mm-hmm. Well, that's most of the um, news and stuff that we pulled up for this week. So... We, it's time to get into our comic reviews for October 19th. Now, we only chose yes. four books for this week, but they had some good stuff in them. The, and Batman number nine oh, here is man. the first one I have. Batman. This yeah. one had some – the story itself wasn't super deep and had lots of stuff there, but some of the characters they brought in and some of the spoilers you get to see because of the – in this book are not as much spoilers, but um, little nods to um, – Rebirth. To Rebirth, little nods to the history of Batman. Yes, in here. And this is from being a Batman fan. This is one of my favorite books that came out last week. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool art um, Easter eggs in here. I, I felt like I was reading an old classic Batman book when I was reading this, and I that this is why I said this is one of my favorite ones. Um, and plus, it opens up with our favorite, well, my favorite uh, Batman villain, Bane. Exactly. The first couple pages, you basically show Bane ta- is talking to someone. He's talking to Psycho Pirate, talking about how the first 24 years of his life, he was basically stuck in a hole. When the tides would come in, he'd have to swim all night until the tides went out so he could sleep. And to give you guys a little bit of a graphic um, look to him, give an idea for this, when he was in the water and the tides would come up, there's leeches on his face and his hair. Yes. There's just all this crud, crabs on his nose. This man lived a terrible life. This man, as some people say, lived hell before he got out. So that was his first 24 years being on this earth. Now he rules the prison on a throne of skulls. Mm-hmm. And he's talking to Psycho Pirate, telling him... The, huh? I say that's the variant cover I have is actually him on the uh, the skulls sitting down as a king. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then we find out that the reason Psycho Pirate's there is um, Bane said he no longer needs the Venom. The Venom was the only thing that... Would um, stop his screams. Well, he has Psycho Pirate and tells Psycho Pirate to tell him, tell me that I'm happy. Tell me that I'm brave so it won't go away. And he'll always have that feeling. Because we know Psycho Pirate, when he gives you an emotional suggestion, it's there forever. Mm-hmm. Or until he removes it. Then we switch over to a um, to seeing in the bed, we find Claire in bed at um, Wayne Manor and um, Bruce is watching over her, protecting her. And um, she's still feeling the effects from Psycho Pirate. Yeah. Hmm? Oh, Psycho Pirate. Okay, at first I was a little confused here. From and what the next one, we get the point. Easter egg. The next page. Did you recognize what that, the difference in this page? When he's yeah. at, he go, he leaves the room and goes to Alfred and tells Alfred, hey, I'm going out. I may be gone for a couple of weeks. Make sure that someone's always with Claire. But did you recognize the Easter egg in this page? The statue? Do you know what? Because, right, most of the time, how do you get into the uh, Batcave? Oh, the clock, but this is uh, taking it back to the old 1960, right? This is straight out of Batman 66. He walks over to a bust yeah. of Shakespeare, flips the head up, hits the red and button, and it. the bookcase opens up. I Now you're saying that now I'm... Okay. Okay. And, yeah, and I missed then, it the first time around. Now it makes sense. Then we get a giant, beautiful shot of Arkham Asylum. This one should be a poster. This thing is beautiful. Yeah. I was a two-page spread. I got posts on Instagram if I can find a picture of this. Well, online. then we get we find out that um, Batman has a plan. He has to actually put together a team to go to the prison to get Psycho Pirate and bring him back. Well, the first place he goes in Arkham, um, and he's got Gordon and um, 
uh, Dr. Arkham with him hmm. to get oh, these don't prisoners trust out. That guy, by the way. Which one? Do not trust him. Arkham or Gordon? Arkham. Okay. Well, the first one we find is the ventriloquist. They go back talking back and forth and how um, he presents uh, ventriloquist with the choice of come help me out and we'll, um, we can't, you're going to be in prison for the rest of your life, but you can be in a nice prison. <laughs> Next up, they go and talk to Kite Man. Mayo, I've never heard of. Tweet, I don't know. And Day is Calendar Man, isn't it? Yes. Um, I was going to look all these up when I got home from reading. I was at the doctor's office trying to read this. Uh, Kite Man, Mayo, I didn't think of. Uh, Tweed and Tweed, I think those are Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Oh, okay. Um, Mayo, I don't know. I'm going to look this up right now, actually. Day is Calendar Man. Yeah, you can see with letters on his face, but mm. the whole time Arkham is telling him that you can't. We can't take all these people out. These people are too crazy. They're gonna hurt. Someone gets hurt, then it falls on me. Then um, we get a little nod because the next page you go by and you see this girl. She's a John Doe or Jane Doe. She blows on the window and draws the um, Legion logo. So yes, the Saturn girl is in Arkham. Yes, that's where I really. Oh, man, I went crazy when I saw that. And then I was watching DC All Access, and they we were talking about that. They said they did this because they want to show you this is a rebirth. Exactly. She's, at a random, she's in a random spot. You would not think uh, she would be there. But well, yeah, I think during re- the rebirth special, right. they thought she was crazy, so it makes sense crazy. that she's in Arkham. Right. But they said it could have been anywhere else. Could have just been a random psych ward, but no, they want to put her in Arkham. Put mm-hmm. her in somewhere random just to show you there is a big connection going on with DC right now. Well, the next guy that Batman goes to recruit to his team is Ben Turner, the Bronze Tiger. And the two of them go at it and fight and knock each other down. And then they're kind of just grinning at each other. Bronze Tiger tells him, you're slower. And Batman says, no, you're faster. So it looks like they're actually kind of buddies, even though Bronze Tiger's locked up in prison. Yeah, and which was really weird because the whole, um, uh, where are they? I don't know why I'm forgetting this right now. Uh, the League of Assassins. He trained with them, I think, since the New Fifty Two. Well, now, I don't know. To, if according to this, he suffers from delusions of being a graduate of the League of Assassins. He also uh, thinks okay. he's an agent of several intelligence agencies, mm. all of which deny those claims. Oh, so, okay. I, I'm wondering: does he actually is he delusional, or has he been disavowed by all these organizations? Is now this makes me want to go back and play uh, one of the Rocksteady video games. I think that was on the PlayStation Vita. He was in Arkham, fought Batman, and he was saying, I think he was from League of Assassins, so... Oh my god, can the guy Mayo that he walked by, guess who he is? I don't know, off the top of my head. You remember the Condiment King from the animated series? No. You don't? Oh man, that that guy is a parody character, basically. I mean, he's a character they made just to get laughs. He wasn't even supposed to be a real villain in Ah, the show. He got brainwashed by Joker. And he ah. would use ketchup, mayo, mustard, relish, whatever, to shoot his... It was the stupidest villain ever. <laughs> but that's what he was made for. So that's right. Saying, that, was a little, that was a little Easter egg, actually. I think most of these, these are not... the That page is not people he was actually going to try to find. Those are people he was no. walking by at Arkham. So right, we know Ventriloquist, fact- we know Bronze Tiger. Oh, my God. Mayo. Next up, we have... Um, Huh? I'm gonna send you a picture of this on uh, okay. on Skype. You might recognize him possibly. Well, next oh, they up, put him we, in the books too. They got what? They actually put him in the books. Like literally, put him in the books. He was for the animated series as a joke, but <laughs> I guess they actually said, you know what? Screw it. Put him in the books as the same thing. Well, the next one we got is someone named Julie. 
which I don't know. I didn't know who this was, but um, she was in in Arkham for murder, and she's been in kind of a catatonic state for two years since she's been put there. So Batman calls in Gordon, and um, he uh, Gordon asks, "Hey, is everything all right?" He's like, "Yeah, everything's fine, except," and he knocks out Gordon. And then um, we find out that actually that's not Gordon. That's actually Julie's um, lover. Lover Punchy. <laughs> and I guess he was the guy that Batman's been tracking, trying to get a hold of this punchy guy, because he actually um, got into Santa Prisca prison and actually broke out after two years. And since you're on Punchy, uh, there was the way they um, spelled his name. I think was a little different, or her name. I can't remember. But from the old books, the letter was off, and I think it was the other E. Okay. But I just I, I caught that. I was like, oh, okay. So they changed that up, or it might have just been a spelling error on that. Yeah, see, part. this is another villain that I wasn't familiar with. Yeah, they weren't they they weren't that important, <laughs> and Batman as Batman villains go. Okay. Well, and then we get to um, finally Arkham's had enough. He says, no, this one's way too dangerous. You cannot let this villain or this person out. This person will um, destroy everything if you let it out. Then we find out we go to a, um, an interrogation room type thing. Whoever this is is in a straitjacket with a full mm-hmm. mask on, totally locked up. And Batman talks about how um, Bane has something that I need. Only you will understand that, that I'll break whatever rules. I'll do whatever's necessary to um, get what I need from Bane. Then he takes off the mask. It's Selina Kyle. Then they tell she's in prison for 237 counts of murder. She's, I think her was climbed up that far. I don't remember her being a killer as much as a thief. No, I mean, if she needed to take down somebody that was trying to stop her, she would kill them, but I don't think she purposely would go out for that many yeah, kill Yeah, I've never counts. seen her as a, mil- as a um, murderer. A joker-like. Yeah, that that threw me off when I read that, so I guess that's something doing a rebirth. Well, that's the end of Batman, and we see... Um, that, so we he basically has his Suicide Squad. As of right now, we have the Ventriloquist. Bronze Tiger, Julian Punchy, and Catwoman. Just to say, since they're doing Suicide Squad, I feel like Julian Punchy will probably be the first to go. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, because they're they're people no one knows about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking them up right now. I'm going to send you a picture of this, too. They were... This was a time of comic books when you look at outfits and just kind of laugh at, like, oh, my God, they... Why? Um... But next on our list, let me just send this picture to you real quick. Actually, I think they were on the Suicide Squad, maybe. Probably. And I think they died already at some point in the book, too. So <laughs> I guess they brought them back. So there you go. Well, the next um, book we have for this week is yours. Yes, and this is the trendy issue number two. Um, there was some weird stuff that happened in this that I did not expect to see. Um, in the last it was an issue, interesting story, though. It was interesting. It was just kind of weird uh, the way they went about it. Uh, you guys will hear how why it was so weird. So from last issue, we saw a mirror image um, or window that Superman the Trinity was looking through, and it looked like the past of Superman, Clark Kent as a boy and his father. So they somehow go into this realm. They don't really explain exactly how they got there still, but they're holding his father, Paul Kent, while Superman, as a child, is looking at the Trinity, saying and screaming, Dad. But since, you know, he's a little powerful alien boy, he punches himself as a grown adult. Batman tries to take him down. That doesn't work. So Wonder Woman does the smart thing and tries to talk him down. 
But he flies off because he's Superboy. Um, and he thinks that his father's dead from maybe a heart attack or these guys did something to him. But he's not. They wake him back up. He's perfectly fine. But he's well, no, his heart did stop. Oh, it did look, stop. Okay. There, is a, um, there is a scene there where I don't see his pulse. Yeah, right. well, you see um, right. Superman giving him CPR, and um, that's where um, Wonder Woman says gentle, not too hard. Right, because, no, Superman, he could kill him. Exactly. Completely. But he wakes up in shock, and he says, my son, he sees the S on Superman's chest, and he thinks to himself, this has to be his family coming back to take my son away. Um, now we go back into what's our present reality, I guess you can call it, now. Yeah. Um, Jonathan wakes up, uh, the son. Not Superman, not Jonathan. Uh, this this is confusing when you have two names. Yeah, like don't this. say Jonathan <laughs> Kent because it's both of them. Right, uh, John. You have the young boy. Um, he's waking up, and him and his mom are discussing about what happened last night, saying, "Don't live in fear, even though you try to concentrate your X-ray vision and you wind up uh, basically attacking Batman, one woman. They were fine. You have to li- learn and live from your mistakes." Now we go back to somewhere in Smallville where they went through that odd realm. Superboy, uh, young Clark, is um, in a cave trying to figure out what the heck's going on. He thinks his dad's dead, and now he doesn't have a father. There's somebody in the cave talking to him, or yeah. some type of voice communicating with him, um, saying, why are you crying? I can help you where you don't have to cry anymore, but first you need to help me. And it's this ray of light that comes out of the cave in um, Clark's face. After that, we don't know what the heck happened. But now you have uh, Jonathan Kent, Pa Kent, um, revealing to Trinity the ship that Superboy uh, landed in, and he's saying that's why he doesn't want them to take him back. But they have to find him, and they agree that we need to find this boy. So they're all riding in his pickup truck. Yeah, Everybody's it's great talking. To see. Except- They've got um, Pa Kent, Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman all crammed oh. in the front of this old pickup truck, all still in their costumes. Yeah, uh, my friend Bell said that's unrealistic, but you know, comic books, we're just going to go with that. <laughs> well, what, at the end of this issue, it all makes sense then. Yes. Um, so they're looking for him, but the thing is, Superman was a little quiet on that ride there. I don't think he really knows how to interact with his father That's he shouldn't be talking to at this time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going through um, the wilderness, the forest right now, trying to find Jonathan. Maybe that's where he hit off. Um and you get a good conversation here between Superman and Pa Kent. And it's basically saying no matter who comes in to try to take his son away, he won't let it happen. But if it had to, he would try to talk them down from because that is still his son. That's all he's got left. And from saying that, he said a father would know. I think at this point he thinks this is his father, too. His biological yeah, he thinks father. that um, Superman is Clark's father. Right, but this is actually his son he's talking to. And the more he gets to talk to him, he still knows this is the man I looked up to, and this is the man I'll always be proud to call my father. Mm-hmm. Well, the nice thing with this is you get a lot of um, – Clark is getting a lot of influ- or insight into finally being able to talk to his father now that he has a son. Now that he is a father mm-hmm. himself, he's actually getting some insight from his dad that he wouldn't have got before because he wasn't looking mm-hmm. at it from the eyes of a father. Right. He was looking at it just as the eyes still of a son. Mm-hmm. Um, well – Diana and Bruce find uh, Clark's hat, but as they're going to the cave, Superman gets sick and starts holding his gut and falls into the water. Turns out it looks like um, Jonathan goes in and saves him and pulls him out of the water. Um, Now, this is where I probably should have read back over. um, Looks like Kryptonite is making him turn and make him really sick. I think Kryptonite's the only thing that can do that to Superman. Yeah, there's Kryptonite in the water. So um, they find 
the boy, uh, Clark Kent as a boy, and uh, as Jonathan Kent's hugging um, Clark, saying, I thought I lost you, and I didn't think I would see you again, but they're together again while Superman is still trying to <laughs> walk on his feet. And there's where Batman says straight up, I saw traces of kryptonite in the water. And there you go. Thanks a lot. <laughs> well, now this is where we find out who the villain is and why they're still stuck in this weird dream world or wherever this is. Uh, there's these seeds growing and these plants growing on the the um, shed, and you see a person in a hood with plants growing out of them with red hair touching Superman, Bruce, and Wonder Woman. She takes off her her um, jacket and reveals a poison ivy. Um, I don't know how this is going to tie into each other. I don't know why Poison Ivy is looking at all three of the Trinity without their masks or their costumes on. So I'm guessing she knows who they are. Well, it's interesting. We'll is um, It looks like the seeds that are um, overrunning the barn, the plants, were planted by Jonathan. Because she says straight up the seeds worked. And then um, he asks, what is all of this? And she says, like I told you they would. They worked like I told you they would. Your father should have taught you better. Never take treats from strangers. I was wondering if she also bribed him because of her pheromones. He is a male. She's, you know, poison Possibly. ivy. So. Um, but, and we'll find out, I guess, the next issue, Murder in Gotham. So it looks like we're going to go back to um, Probably Batman. Batman's dream. Mm-hmm. This kind of also reminds me of the trendy with, uh, there was an episode in the Justice League Unlimited, uh, one of the first episodes they had. Um, Mongol gave Superman a plant for his birthday, and it made all his dreams come true. The okay. same thing that Matt Hatter did for Batman in the animated series. And hmm. it's funny because those were still the only two that were affected by this plant. Wonder Woman never, we never got to see what her dream world would be. Um, I'm hoping somewhere in here, which we probably will before they take it off, we'll get to see a little bit of that. I really hope so because that's always why I was curious about what would Wonder Woman's deepest, darkest dream come true. What she hoped for all the time. Yeah. Well, the next one up, we actually have Superman number nine. And, and this that, was a great issue, too. Yeah. I'm loving anything with um, the interaction between Superman and John Jonathan Kent. Yeah. it's. I like it's Superman nice. as a I dad. Superman as a father. Because we had that with Superboy, but that didn't go too well. Um, well, we've seen it with Batman and Damien, but it's a totally different arrangement. Different. This feels like what you call your all-around American dad. Exactly. With Batman, you can definitely tell there's some issues going on. <laughs> well, Batman started with issues, and then it ended. Batman is just issues. <laughs> yeah, there, there's so many things wrong with that. That that we can talk about in another episode if we want to get deep with the psychological issues. Well, issue that's, what, that's where it's going to get interesting when we get the Super Sons, and you get Damien and Jonathan working together. Oh, and that's next week, right? No, that's coming February, I believe. February? Oh, crap. Okay. I still have to wait all this time. <laughs> well, we're back in Dinosaur Island. Superman and wait, no. huh? Uh, I was like, sorry, Candidly. No, I think that's in November. Yeah, we're getting that. We're getting that next week. Super Sons. Yep. Wait a minute. Let me look. Let me look at my list. Look at uh, DC's um, comic list for next week. Uh, Superman number ten is on next week. There's no Isn't new title Batman? for Super Sons. Superman number ten has Batman and Superman and uh, Damian and Jonathan on the cover. I thought that was that going to be the introduction to. No, well, Super it's going to be introduction to the two characters together, but that's not the actual book, Super Sons. Oh, okay, so we do still have to wait. Daggone it! <laughs> so, but back to Trinity number two, or not Trinity, um, Superman number nine. We find Dinosaur Island, and um, Clark and Jonathan are found a cave with some like World War II soldiers had died. Then out of nowhere, they're be, they're attacked by a machine gun and a guy with one leg and one eye, and a machine <laughs> gun that starts attacking them. 
You know who I thought of when I saw this, right? Who were you thinking? Nick Fury. Ah. I couldn't help. I didn't look it. up this. Actually, while I'm doing this, why don't you look up Captain Storm here? See if this okay. has anything to do with like the Blackhawk Squadron or something. One of the World Ooh. War II characters. Am I? Let's see. But we find out that um, this guy's been living on the island for years, ever since he crash-landed, and he's learned how to fight back against uh, the creatures and stuff that are on the island. Back and forth, he um, was at one point was captured by pterodactyls, taken to the nest, and they t- tried to make him um, dinner. Well, he t- I guess he talked them out of it and actually ended up taming one of them. But um, Jonathan and Clark are looking for the transport cube that um, had brought them here because it disappeared when they appeared on the island. And the captain says, I have a general, I have an idea of where that might be, but it's really, really dangerous. <laughs> so um, Superman actually takes and carves him a new leg to go onto his prosthetic so that he can still fight and then offers to fly him when they go to the cave where this technology could be. And the, um, and the captain says, no, 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 I have a ride. And he whistles and calls down. He tamed one of the pterodactyls. Pretty funny. So they fly to the cave and find in the cave, standing on a pile of ordnance and armaments, these gi- all these giant creatures, including a giant silverback gorilla. And they find in his eye of the gorilla is a gemstone or a crystal of some sort that's the same kind that was in the octopus on issue two of Superman. So something is mind-controlling this. And at that point, all of the creatures attack. You have a couple of giant serpents, you got the... Uh, different animals. Everything is being mind-controlled somehow, and they're attacking. So Superman tells Jonathan, go ahead, just let loose. These guys can take it. What do you got? I'm still reading right here. Um, You keep going. I'll let you know at the end of this. Okay. But um, I believe it's Captain Storm and um, Jonathan and Superman start fighting. Crypto's fighting with them. Then they find out the big gorilla pulls out a giant sea mine. He has unexploded torpedoes and mines that he starts throwing at them. Crypto start, so Crypto takes off and starts smashing stuff. And um, through the explosion, the gorilla jo- attacks Superman, at which point um, Superman has to drop, drop, car- or drop Jonathan. So Crypto goes and catches Jonathan, which is cool because Superman says straight up, Crypto, fetch Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> or just says, um, fetch John, Crypto. Crypto grabs him, but as he does, John looks down and sees the cube he needs is in a glass bubble down below them in like a display case. So while Superman's fighting the gorilla, Jonathan's able to break and get the transport cube out. And at the same time, Superman pulls the crystal out of the eye of the um, gorilla. gorilla, and he kind of just stops fighting. But as I do it, the rest of the creatures are still fighting, um, and the cube starts to go off again. Because remember, as soon as Jonathan picked it up at the fortress, it started to go off and start to work. So Superman and Crypto and Jonathan grab hands, and then Superman starts reaching for um, Captain Storm, and because um, they promised to take him home with them. But as they're doing that, Captain Storm says, no, go. I got to make sure these things don't follow you. I'm already at home. The losers stay together. So his squadron was the losers. And then they show up back on the fortress looking around. And um, Jonathan or Clark promises Jonathan that we will um, return. We were going to we will go back and find him. Then you get a um, strange swirling in space. Um, someone holding the leg that Supernet had made. The next page is someone holding the giant crystal that was in the eye and then just looking out into the cosmos. So someone actually pulled this all together. And the next issue is Batman and Robin. So what did you find out on the losers and Captain Storm? Okay. 
very interesting. Um, not so much a lot of information on Captain Storm as I did the losers. Now, this was a team that he was on. Literally, exactly what he was explaining happened. But they were an old team. So I think they might have time traveled. Uh, Jonathan and Superman, because this team was created in um, October and November of 1969. Uh, and they were actually in the GI Combat series of okay. DC Comics. So the losers were a team, just as he said. Everything he said happened, uh, and he also lost his team the same exact way. Um, and they were always used as, like a, it did like a G.I. Joe comic book for DC. Yeah. Um, but well, I remember G.I. Combat. Uh, I never read it, but I remember it. I never read it either, but I remember seeing these online, just looking back at the um, the older series of the comic books. Now, I don't know if you remember, there was a movie called The Losers that came out in, like, what, 2004? Yeah. 2005, maybe? Um, now, that was on the Virgo issue. That was called The Losers, and that was also a spinoff of the original Losers. They just wanted to recreate them on Virgo's series. Oh, cool. So, And I was reading that, and this goes back to the original ones that they're trying to pay homage to. So... Um, I, I thought it was pretty good that we got to see um, see the Losers be would be back in the DC Comics, so there might be a chance we might get to see a new Losers team somewhere down the line as well. But yeah, this all took place in World War II. Okay. Yeah, or, I thought it was um, a World they, War II team. That's why I was wondering if it had anything to do with like Black Hawks or anything like that. Yeah, I, th- I was thinking that too, but when I seen the Losers, it was like, oh, that's why you heard me say, oh, okay, that's what they're doing there. Yeah. So yeah, this goes back old school. Cool. Well, we got one more book we were going to review this week, and this one's all yours. This is Green Lanterns. Now, this book was awesome because it didn't even have to show the main characters of this um, of the series to have a great story. Um, it starts off and it says years ago. This is issue number nine. Um, they call him. Help me with his last name. Frank uh, Lemsky. Lem- um, Leminsky. Leminsky. Um, now he always wanted to be a pilot. He was uh, always wanted to fly, just like Hal Jordan. They went to the same uh, base, too. But one day, his ship started to uh, malfunction, and guess who saved him? It was Hal Jordan as the Green Lantern. And ever since he's seen that, he said, man, I want to be just like that guy. I want to have powers like that. Um, and ever since he was a kid, he always had high hopes but never could fit in anywhere. Um, as a child, I'm going to go over exactly what happened. His parents were always arguing, then um, they would see him as being invisible. When he would go to science fairs, he would always come in as number two. When he was on the football team, they gave him number two. When he went to his prom, he had no date. He could always be pretty good, but never the best. Yeah, he was and always he the said, average guy. Right. Um, and when he went to the Air Force, in this picture right here they're showing, he says, look, you can't even tell where I am. I look like everybody else. Um, so when he, they gave him this opportunity to fly this uh, ship, and they say he's no Hal Jordan. But he said he can do just as good. Well, look how that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, malfunction, and Hal Jordan had to save him. So at this point in his life, he's fed up. He's tired of being Mr. Nice Guy. One of his um, one of his uh, teammates uh, in the Air Force is making jokes saying, oh, you know, you got messed up the plane. You really can't do anything right, huh, can you? He says, shut up. Just, you know, shut up and leave the room. And he's like, oh, man, this guy couldn't take a joke. Maybe you uh, do have some issues I don't know about. And he's looking on the television seeing... Now we're shown John Stewart as Green Lantern. So now he's thinking to himself, wait, there's more than just one for Earth. Mm-hmm. Then as time goes by, we see Guy Gardner. And well, at that saying, point, oh, when I... he saw John Stewart, they mentioned here, when he sees John Stewart, he realizes there's more than one Lantern. That means maybe if he works hard enough, he can actually right. be good enough that a ring would choose him. His entire life so is dedicated to actually becoming a Lantern. Right. So he quit his uh, job at the military, and he 
got some ran down apartment, but he started training, doing chin-ups, push-ups, the normal routine for anybody that's trying to become skillful. And he even started to work at Arkham. And he also had a little encounter with the Joker. You can see he was one of the guards that uh, had his gun waiting to shoot him. So he started going to a shooting range. Um, started uh, exercising more now with center blocks. But then he finds out there's another Green Lantern, and this is Kyle, the fourth Green Lantern. So he knows his time has to be coming. He started going into fighting arenas, just beating up people for some money just to hone his skills. He even dresses up, and this kind of looks like another uh, character from um, the Kick-Ass comics. Uh, Literally, they look the same way. But Mm -hmm. he dresses up as him, gets on a green uh, bandana. Becomes a vigilante. uh, Mm Mm-hmm. He starts trying to go around the streets, jumping off rooftops, and he sees this goon taking uh, the bike tires off somebody's bike. And he runs after them, saying, hey, I can get you. It's this one guy. No, he gets ambushed, gets jumped, gets beat up by some young kids. And now he's <laughs> broken and bloodied right now. And he hears a voice come to him once he goes back to his apartment saying, oh, no, I'm sorry, not yet. This doesn't happen. He asks, what do you want from me? I'm listening. A green light comes crashing through his window. And he finally gets the Green Lantern ring. His dreams come true. The happiest day of his life. And right before he puts it on his finger, the ring says, um, what is it? Error. Uh, welcome to the error. Malfunction. Frank uh, Lemsky, you are not worthy of the Green Lantern ring. And then it goes off somewhere else and probably went to um, Simon Bass or Jessica. Exactly. And he says, no, stop. And everything that he wished for, he's lost hope. He he has no hope no more. Everything's gone. He had the lantern ring right there, but it even decided he's not worthy. Uh, this, so is the one this, this is the one that goes to Simon because it says charting course to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. Okay. So it went to Simon, and this is when he gives up all hope. There's nothing to live for. This is all he's wanted for majority of his life to be more than just a normal guy. And see, he thinks of all the Green Lanterns that have came from this Earth to work with the other sectors, and why can't he do so? So he heads back home with a gun in his pocket, ready to shoot whoever the intruder is, and this intruder is saying he can offer him the deal that he's been wanting. It's this thing called the Phantom Ring, and this, you don't need any type of attitude. <laughs> you don't the ri- need yeah, any the Phantom Ring, type you just- of feeling. This Phantom Ring goes to anybody on Earth. You don't, it doesn't have anyone it needs to pick. You choose. Yeah, the ring does not choose in the Phantom Ring. The You choose right. the Phantom Ring. And it's this guy in the hood, a hooded cloak that's telling him all this. And he reveals himself to be Bathum. Uh, this guy, I guess, was the original ring bearer. Let me read this a little bit more. Um, doesn't really exactly say here. I had to look him up. But he had. I think he was the original bearer of any ring. Here we go. But for some reason, you found he was originally a, he was originally a human who came to an alternate from an alternate universe. This was during the height of the Maltusians civilization, da, da, da. and at some point was given the name the First Lantern. Okay, that's where that came from. So he first appeared in Green Lantern Annual Volume Five, Number One. So created by Jeff Johns and Ethan Van Skyver, which makes sense because I believe, if I remember right, Van Skyver is still no, he's not on this one. Okay. Van Skyver's on the other one. Okay. Um, so, the, what, the Hal Jordan Green Lanterns? Yeah. Okay. So he is well, a character from the Green Lantern universe. And so he tells me he didn't have the Phantom Ring, but I'll help you do it as long as you do what I say. You'll have to take it. And he says, my name is Valthum, the first Lantern. If you truly want the Phantom Ring, Frank, you'll have to take it from – you'll have to take it. Oh, from the Green Lanterns. So Hal – not Hal, I'm sorry. Simon and Jessica are the ones that have it right now. Somehow, some way, I really feel he's going to take the ring and he's going to be the first bearer of the Phantom Ring. And from how 
long he's wanted this thing, I don't know what kind of effect it's going to have on him, but I, he's definitely the perfect ring bearer for the Phantom Ring. Yeah. So that's uh, Green Lantern issue number nine. Okay. Well, I believe at this point there's only one thing left to do. Uh-huh. And we need to take a trip. And that brings us to our comic shop um, pull list for November 2nd, 2016. Now, it starts off this week with Aquaman number 10. It says, House of Light. Before Mera can marry Aquaman and become the Queen of Atlantis, she must undergo numerous trials to appease the ancient traditions of her adopted homeland. But not everyone in the court of, of Atlantis is keen on seeing an outsider ascend to the throne. Art by Andrew Hennessy and Bradley Walker... And it was written by Dan Abnett. Now, where's Mara from originally? That's what I was thinking. I, I thought she was from actual Atlantis. Every time I saw her, she was from Atlantis. So I guess not. Okay. <laughs> I have to do some research on that one. Because uh, in the New 52, she was the one, I think, that's at least in the film that are based off the New 52. Um, she was still from Atlantis while Aquaman was not. At least she lived there. So, um Give me till next week, and I'll read all. Yeah, I got it right one. here. Mara is the former queen of Dimension Aqua, queen of Atlantis, oh, okay. wife of Aquaman. Okay. So she's from See, the Dimension of Aqua. All right, might be why she's able to hone her powers like that—the water yeah. bending skills. So, um, so that's the Aquaman. Next issue, the next issue on our list is Batman number ten. I am Suicide Part Two. Batman now has his team, but are they ready for the most dangerous mission of their lives? As a Dark Knight presents. Uh, prepares his squad to infiltrate uh, Santa Prista, he may find this uh, it hard, and he may be the only one to face Bane alone. Uh, art done by Mikkel Jen and written by Tom King. And you actually can see um, who the Punchy team and, is um, behind him. Julie, Julie um, in their Tiger. costumes. Yeah, and they look a lot better than they did back in the day. Uh, Bronze Tiger does not have on his tiger mask, uh, Catwoman looks identically the same as she ever did in any book, and Ventriloquist just with glasses and his head down. And exactly. this is really weird to see Ventriloquist without a uh, Scarface. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see what they do. So next up, we got Cyborg number four, The Imitation of Life, Part Five. Cyborg loses control of his robotic form when it begins attacking his friends and family at Star Labs. Trapped in a virtual maze of ominous. Visions and forgotten memories. Can Vic Stone hack his way through the cybernetic gauntlet that was that is his own mind? Art is done by Timothy Green II and written by John Semper Jr. And next on our list, when that one sounds really good, that cyborg book, I might pick that one up. I missed the last two issues. Yeah. Um, Murder or Green Arrow issue number ten. Murder on the uh, Empire Express Part One. Queen Industries new. Trans-Pacific Railway is the undersea vehicle that symbolizes the world's peace, which makes a median voyage to the Pacific place for a ninth circle. Oh boy, they're coming back. To strange high-profile assassination. Luckily, Green Arrow, Black Canary, and John Diggle are on board as outlaw stowaways. Art is done by John Farah and written by Benjamin Percy. Interesting stuff. It's still weird to see Diggle in the comic books. 
I know, but the way they're... I think he was introducing the new 52. Uh, yeah. It was kind of odd. This one, it fits him a lot better. Yeah. Well, next up, we get Green Lantern's number 10, The Phantom Ring Part 2. The Phantom Ring was never supposed to return from the place where the Guardians of the Universe hid it. Can Jessica and, uh, Jessica and Baz control control and contain its ancient power before it falls into the waiting hands of an unexpected new foe? Art by Julio Ferreria and Eduardo Pansia, Pan, Panisca and written by Sam Humphreys. Harley Quinn, number seven. Eat the bat. I'm sorry. Eat to this beat. Sorry about that. Um, part three, Harley's punk rock epic conclusion with her and her bandmates in a way too deep on her undercover mission to take down the brutal gang of thieves and murderers. Art done by John Timms and written by Jimmy Potomelli and Amanda Kamiati. Yeah, it was interesting to see my niece sitting there reading Harley Quinn yesterday. She went through the, like issues one through four in like 20 minutes. Oh, man. <laughs> she was reading fast, wasn't she? Oh, yeah. Well, next up, we have Justice League number eight. Outbreak part one. Someone is hacking into the Justice League's computers, causing the Batcave's weapons and security systems to turn against the Dark Knight and the Watchtower satellite to plummet to Earth, with Cyborg trapped on board. Art by Daniel Hernand- er, Enriquez and Neil Edwards, and it's written by Brian Hitch. Next on our list is Nightwing issue number eight. Now, this is a standalone. Um, facing Destiny. In the single issue tale, Nightwing is being attacked in his dreams by Dr. Destiny. And the only person who can help him is Superman. But following Nightwing's confrontation with Raptor and the aftermath of Night of the Monster Men, can Nightwing trust a Superman he doesn't know? Or will his lack of trust get them both killed? Art done by Marco Tarkra and written by Tim Seeley. Uh, if it gets him killed, it'll get him killed. I don't think it'll get Superman killed. That's exactly what I was thinking, but then I didn't say it because this is a dream world. Superman yeah. can die in his dreams, so that Possibly. would be one of the only ways to kill Superman. Maybe, but he is Superman. You know, he can. You know, that's just another lore we're not going to get into. But yeah. let you go well, with this last issue. The last issue we have for this week is Superman number 10, In the Name of the Father, Part 1. For the first time, the Man of Tomorrow and the Boy of Steel team up with the Caped Crusader and the Boy Wonder in a father-son adventure you won't want to miss. Damian Wayne has been hearing a lot about this mysterious new Superboy, and now's his chance to find out who he is. Art by Mick Gray and Patrick Gleason, and is written by Patrick Gleason and Peter J. Tomasi. This one's going to be interesting to see how Damian and John get to get along. Yeah, um, from the cover, he I think... <laughs> Jonathan's the only one with the smug look on his face. Damien looks angry, Batman looks angry, and Superman doesn't look impressed. But yeah. John's like, whatever. <laughs> so that's all of what's coming up for next week. Um, and we're a little or um, a little early, but that's fine because um, I, th- I think we still got enough time to get out and get some more candy. Nice. If I nothing else, we can um, go up to the front of the hall and give out some candy that, from the kids trick-or-treating. See, I'm gonna let you guys know. I am also a justice, uh, junior justice leaguer, and a college student, so I have to do homework while he gets to have all the fun. Ah, yep, I get to give yeah. away the candy, and you gotta work. Ha ha. Yeah. Now you see, the, the reason why I'm doing my homework first is because you know, if Batman, he tells me to do something, I better do it. If I don't, he's gonna. Uh, That's right. You know, so you gotta have to have time to actually do put it. Some fear in me. Yeah, he's already put fear in me. I don't want any more of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I need for Halloween. Oh yeah. 
Well, I hope everybody had a good and happy and safe Halloween. And Vernon, why don't you let everybody yeah. know how they can get a hold of us? Um, well, as Ken said, I hope everybody had fun for Halloween and had a safe and safe and good one too. And make sure you guys look out for those candy wrappers. I know this is an old thing that they used to say on old cartoons, but don't eat any candy if it's unwrapped. Um, but anyway, the best thing to do is actually them. just let your parents look through your candy first. They're not gonna yeah. steal it all. No, they won't. I don't think I've met one parent that steals candy from their kid anyway. <laughs> um, but you can find us on our Instagram and our Facebook, DC Superpowers Podcast, and for Twitter, Superpowers DC. For my individual Instagram, is Holland at Wolf, Facebook, Vernon McWayne Moore, and Twitter, VLO. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at GW1Ken. On Facebook, I'm just Ken Rose. Now remember, you can always um, email us at DCSuperpowersPodcast at gmail.com. Also, go over to Mixler.com and um, look up the DC Superpowers Podcast on Mixler. We broadcast there just about every show. And if you go there, sign up, and it's free to sign up. They will click follow on DC Superpowers. They will tell you when we broadcast so that you can actually listen in live and join in on the chat chat with us so <clears throat> we're also members and, of the tangent bound and the weeby geeks networks what do you got vernon i'll say also on the comments for uh or, or uh gmail send us uh one of your favorite halloween costumes as a dc superhero if you did dress up as one let us know who you want to be exactly also you can always send in those um top 10 scariest characters lists it'll be interesting to see what you have on your list Mm-hmm. So, I guess that's for this week. Vernon, do you have anything else? No, that's it. I uh, just want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening and downloading our podcast. We appreciate that. Exactly. So, Vernon, good luck with the homework. I'm going to go give out some candy. And Super Friends, we'll see you next week.